Now.com and the OFD Podcast proudly bring to you The Beat on Notre Dame's Beat with Philip Goff. Let's go! Great, so our next guest is Matt Freeman covering Notre Dame sports for Irish Sports Daily. How's it going, Matt? It's going good, man. I appreciate you having on me, having me on. Um, you've done a great job with this so far. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I appreciate you making some time and, and really looking forward to, as we've, met, as, we've, as we've mentioned in some of these, it's just the goal is to take a peek behind the curtain for you as a Notre Dame beat writer. Um, but before we dive in, where can people find you on Twitter and online? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Matt Freeman ISD. Had to think about it for a second. <laughs> um, and then you can obviously follow our um, Irish Sports Daily channels at ISD Update on Twitter and then Irish Sports Daily on Instagram and YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, the first question is when, when Freeman era was trending, were you finding that uh, you had an uptick in your mentions as another M Freeman covering Notre Dame? Very much actually. Um, It's like, as someone who covers recruiting recruits will send you their film and stuff. um, And they they think you're a coach. And I think every recruiting person goes through that and you're like, I'm not a coach. I just write, you know, but um, with Freeman being connected um, it's kind of up that a little bit more. So it's kind of funny. And then obviously just around town, um, down the Eddy street around Christmas time, they had Christmas lights spelling out Freeman's name on top of, um, one of the buildings. And I was like, this is awesome. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's been unique and it, it's been pretty cool, but, um, so I've learned to have some fun with it and everything like that. No, I was I was laughing immediately, just thinking like, man, there's definitely some some people who are, are tweeting at Matt right now, seeing an M Freeman with Freeman era trending, and just was you know curious about that. But um, but to take quite a step back here, you know, I'm always curious to understand, you know, at what age or at what point in your life where was was there a point that sports really str- started to take over a large part of your brain? Uh probably elementary school to be honest um I remember getting sports illustrated for kids in the mail and like that was the highlight of my month so I like read that stuff and then I used to send in stuff and I got like one little note published when I was like seven just like explaining how I got a signed ball from John Smiley he was a pitcher um I would just my father took me to a minor league game and we just got an autograph and I kind of wrote how I did it and they published it so um it's kind of unique, but I mean, sports have been a big part of my life, just following it and watching it. Um, it's just addicting uh, just because there's so many different levels at the college level, but also the professional level where there's just little nuances where like the salary cap or recruiting, for example, like you can go on deep dives on that and just learn something new every time you, you research it. No, a hundred percent. And when you were growing up, what were your go-to sports teams and, you know, college pro and, and so forth? I grew up in Columbus, outside of Columbus, Ohio. So I was the kid that was, had to be different. So I <laughs> grew up cheering for Michigan and Notre Dame just to just, I guess they call it trolling now. Um, just to troll my friends and everybody. I used to bet my bus driver on the Ohio state Michigan game, like a pop and milk duds every year. Um, and then obviously grew up, um, in Ohio. So the Bengals and the Reds are my team. And then the Cavs have been, but I've kind of followed LeBron throughout his career just because he is from Ohio as well. So I guess you could say I'm a LeBron, LeBron guy. That's, that's fair. And I feel like you're one of the few 
the few uh, Notre Dame Michigan fan combos out there. I feel like that's like being a diehard Cubs and White Sox fan here in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and it's just solely just to troll my friends. So, which unique. I, I I appreciate that, and I've actually I'm one of the I feel like one of the few um, kind of writers on the Notre Dame side that I don't have a pure hatred for Michigan like a lot of my friends, family, and colleagues do, simply because I find Jim Harbaugh entertaining. Um, and you know, now in, in retrospect, shout out Lloyd Carr, um, for providing us his grandson for the, you know, five-star quarterback of the future. So, you know, at the end of the day, is it, you know, maybe our, the collective Michigan hate, you know, can be subsided a little bit. It was, um, kind of a unique story. I went up obviously for CJ Carr's commitment up in Michigan and Lloyd came in about probably 45 minutes before the announcement. And like, I literally just talked to him one-on-one for about 30 minutes and, like he's just such a nice guy. And I mean, he has so many stories. It's funny. And like one of them was like, he used to um, bring his staff down when they played Notre Dame, he'd bring his entire staff down to the spring game and they'd sneak in and watch the game. <laughs> um, and he was telling me like how he's made that drive from Ann Arbor to South Bend so many times. And um, I was like, did you wear any type of disguise? <laughs> like, but um yeah, so I think he, he's 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 good, and obviously Harbaugh, like you said, is very entertaining. And his daughter putting him on TikTok as of late has has given uh, the college football world some entertainment too. No, that's awesome, and I I think I must have missed that story about Lloyd Carr. That's that's incredible. I'm picturing now just like Lloyd Carr and just like a like a big mustache. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or just like nine coaches wearing Michigan hats just walking into the room. Yeah, just I'm picturing Jim Harbaugh trying to do that and just wearing khakis, a navy, a navy blue shirt and a navy blue hat, just like took off the Michigan logos and thinking no one would recognize yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, just putting <laughs> glasses and his, his little limp walking in. So, oh, a hundred percent. But um, kind of going back to uh, you know your you know early readings and early interest in sports. You mentioned Sports Illustrated Kids, but you know, throughout your time leading up to the time that you were writing, were there any specific readers or pieces of content that you would always consume? Um, not so much. I think I was just more into reading everything. Um, any type of magazines my mom would buy me or let me buy, um, I would sign up for. So when ESPN had the magazine that was coming in, Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated for Kids, all those things. Um, and then obviously I would go buy the college football preview magazines every year. So um, I kind of grew up reading that, not so much like hardcore journalism. Yeah. Um, but then once I got into college, I started following recruiting a little bit. And Jake Brown, he used to work for Irish Illustrated, um, was a guy that I read a lot just because I thought it was unique. And he was somewhat younger at the time. Obviously, he still is, Jake, if you're listening. But um, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that somebody like would call these kids and write stories about them and they might not even go to that school that they're covering. So that's how I kind of got into it. And then it eventually read like led to me reading like Priester and Samson and obviously my boss, Mike Frank. So um, it's just kind of been an evolution um, throughout my sports reading. <laughs> no, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a different route than, than other folks who'd go the pure journalism route where you saw something that truly just interested you and then made it your career. Um, and so I guess before we dive into that aspect of your life, what is your just sports background, if any, like playing sports? And then where did you end up in college? Don't let me ask him. Um, I grew up playing baseball and basketball. Um, and then I went to college at Mount Vernon Nazarene. It's a small school in about an hour and a half northeast of Columbus. 
um, and I studied sports management and exercise studies there. And then out of college, I went into finance and then that led me to this because I hated finance. So um, the, uh, the traditional finance to sports writing route, I had one internship in finance and was not very good at it nor liked it. So I transitioned out of that pretty quickly too, but can you tell me about the actual transition into sports writing from finance and then ultimately how you ended up at, at Iris sports daily? Yeah. So obviously looking at spreadsheets all day and messing with numbers, I determined was not my thing. And then like on the side, I had started this, like just kind of for fun, Notre Dame, like blog type thing with a friend named Andrew and Jerry, and it kind of took off. And then um, I had some relationships around Notre Dame and Christian McCollum, my coworker who covers recruiting for ISD. Now he like reached out for some info and some stuff sometime. And then it eventually led to a relationship and then he figured out I didn't like what I was doing and asked me if I wanted to try it out. So I kind of did ISD part-time calling kids um, while working in finance. And then they offered me a full-time position and I was like, might as well see like if I hate it and I can always go back. Right. So um, that's kind of how I got into this, um, which is probably the opposite of everybody else that um, you've had on this podcast. Uh, just because there are some very talented writers and I've kind of had to find my way through that just because I've had no real education on constructing stories or how to draw people in. So I've kind of learned on the fly and obviously read a lot of those people just to kind of see what they're doing and not so much copy it, but just kind of understand how to structure different things and where to go with um, certain situations and quotes and stuff like that. Well, I don't, you know, I want to pump your tires up a little bit because I I think you have a great voice in your writing. And and one of the pieces, there's there's certain content that I read every week. And I think some people have that. And, you know, what keeps people coming back is consistency in the articles that you're writing, but also clearly your tone. And so kind of one of, honestly, one of the things that I read each week is is your Sunday reflection. Um, And, you know, I'm, you know, curious about your creative process as you're creating something that, you know, people are coming back to each and every week. So what is the time and effort and creative process look like as you put that together? Well, to be honest with you, it started off as just like a filler piece where I just had some just random thoughts one week and I was like, I don't have anything to write for Sunday. So I just threw it in and then people like kind of looked, liked it. So I started doing it and then it's kind of turned into what it is now. So I appreciate you saying that, um, but it's just kind of, either like a big picture reflection of what happened on that week or that month, so to speak. Um, obviously it normally has some type of recruiting tie, but also the, I feel like it's a place where you can formulate opinions and then also kind of crisscross facts that you've heard that you might not be able to put in like quotes or something like that. Yeah. So it's like an informational piece as well. So I think it's just kind of developed and it's still kind of developing. It's, sometimes super random. Um, but I think that's part of what I enjoy about it is like, you can have one thought about baseball, one thought about recruiting, and then just, just like write an opinion to finish it out. So. No, I, I appreciate it. I think readers do because it's not the typical, Hey, something broke, this piece of news happened, this piece of recruiting Intel, because again, I, I think the Intel spreads across a different site. So I, I appreciate that it's much more of a, a thought exercise and it's something where you go through and can really, I think, let your voice come through as opposed to, you know, not regurgitating facts, but putting out like facts and content and things like that. So it's something where, you know, I think it's 
it's definitely an interesting piece and something that people keep coming back to. Um, looking into the, the prospect that you, you know, transitioned from finance and we're going and then starting to call and interact with recruits. Um, you know, I'd really like to understand what that, like dipping your toes in that water, going from someone who reads all of that content to someone who is now starting to lead that type of content and delivery. It was funny. I remember my first call, it was to Austin Mack, um, receiver that Notre Dame recruited back in like 2015, I believe. He ended up at Ohio State. And like I had, like Christian had kind of prepared me, like he's like, for you, just write out your questions and you can just go down the list, right? So I did that. Then I got on the phone and like, I feel like I'm good with people, but like I was just super nervous because I'd never done this before. So I like, there's just a whole bunch of awkward silences. And like, sometimes I just didn't know how to respond by like transitioning to the question. So I think he, Austin did a good job. Cause I think he kind of picked up on that um, and kind of carried me through. And then eventually I got better and better at it. But I think it was a very, very stark difference compared to what I was doing to actually talking and trying to obtain information. Um, and I think that's something that, people in this job learn, like you can ask questions, right? But then they have an answer, but then there's always a deeper level where you can kind of, I don't want to say push them, but kind of lead them into where you can kind of get what you want out of it, but also what they may be feeling or want to say and haven't said yet and just didn't think to say. So um, it's kind of an interesting aspect of me figuring that out where you probably just learned that in journalism school if you <laughs> for that. So I kind of had to learn that on the fly. Honestly, that that's probably the, probably one of the best ways to learn it because I'm sure it's a, a delicate balance of wanting to protect the kids interests who you're talking to while also delivering, you know, content to the readers. So how do you find a balance between that with talking and having the, the kids best interests in mind versus wanting to, you know, fulfill your full-time job of delivering content and scoops and things like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think part of it is just having respect for them. Um, they're regular people. Um, I mean, obviously they're kids, but I think people sometimes put them on a pedestal where they're supposed to act like they're 30 when they're 15. Right. So um, I think obtaining the information is one thing and then just gaining their trust is another. So, Cause there's a lot of conversations where, they'll tell you a whole bunch of stuff and then they'll be like, can you not put that in there? And I've seen some people probably put stuff in there that those kids have requested not to be put in there. And I mean, obviously it's their job, but I think there's a balance there where you have to show respect to get respect. Um, and the more respect you have, I've learned that the kids kind of, they see through it. I mean, I think you've seen some of the pettiness that goes on in recruiting media and everything like that. Um, and I don't think a lot of kids like that. So um, it's just, I think just showing them respect is kind of the balance because I think a lot of people just don't respect them. They just see it as a job. Yeah. And, you know, then, then it's obviously tough being a kid in the social media days, this, this, you know, at this time and any time, but, you know, especially as kids are making decisions for themselves and their families. And then you have, you know, ND fan one nine four eight two six four three two one, um, who's you know ripping them on Twitter for going somewhere else or something like that. So just a PSA to people listening, you know, don't angrily tweet at recruits, and in general, just don't tweet don't tweet at recruits. Yeah, I mean it. It just baffles me why uh, 
50-year-old man gets upset about what a 15-year-old kid does. I mean, it's his life. And I mean, there's Notre Dame's a great place. Don't get me wrong, but there's lots of other great places as well and vice versa. So, I mean, it's them just trying to make the best of the best decision that they can. Definitely. So uh, transitioning a little bit to, to actually around South Bend. So, um, you know, I haven't been saying this, maybe I have, but some people have been saying that you're, you know, the best dressed member of the Irish beat. Um, does this have anything to do with the partnership with Esquire? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but um, yeah, ESQ is a uh, unique opportunity for me. My God Wang who owns it, Notre Dame alum, um, one of my best friends. And um, I kind of, not so much anymore, but I did some part-time work for them designing some stuff. So it's, it's cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's awesome. And you see, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but he outfits all of the players um, as part of it. The player walks while their suits, correct? Yep. Yeah, he does. Um, they get Notre Dame buys them jackets. Um, so I actually designed the, the lining on the inside where it's like the play like a champion thing. So it's, it's pretty cool. And then obviously he dressed Brian Kelly and his staff and then, he Marcus Freeman basically wears all of his stuff everywhere he goes, if he's in a dress shirt or a suit. So yeah, no, no free ads, but kind of a free ad there because yeah. Marcus Freeman, no free shout outs. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Freeman does, does look, does look great. Um, but keeping, keeping in South Bend. So, you know, obviously Notre Dame is a, or South Bend is a Notre Dame town to, to say the least. And, you know, being on the Notre Dame beat, I, I feel like you're relatively recognizable. So do you ever get stopped uh, around South Bend or people coming up and, asking you for, for scoops or inside information? Uh, I'd say it probably happens like once a month. I think more of anything it has to do with me being the only like Asian on the beat. So it kind of sticks out a little bit more if you're in that world. Yeah. So um, people will stop me at like the last time I think was at target. Somebody, re- somebody recognized me and just asked me how recruiting was going and stuff. And I mean, it's, it's always fun. It's sometimes it's awkward just because they're like, you don't know them and they're just pressing you for scoop and you don't know if it's going to end up on like your competitor's message board in the next 10 minutes. But um, it's always, it's always good just to meet Notre Dame fans. And um, I'm sure everybody else um, that you're having on this gets recognized at the games just because obviously our niche is there and sometimes in airports too. So um, the Notre Dame fans are great, but um, they also love their information. So um, it's kind of a, a balance there to just kind of read their intentions on it sometimes. Yeah. One of the themes, one of the themes among the other guests that I've talked to, they, they've shared similar sentiments, but they've shared that people generally just come up to them and start talking without mm-hmm. actually introducing themselves. So this is a, another PSA. If, if you meet members of the Nerd and Beat, just introduce yourself first and maybe have a conversation before pressing them for information because like everybody else, they are human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely introduce yourself. And then also I do have to add, it's kind of funny that I get confused with Alan true sometimes because he's an Asian guy that covers recruiting for 24 seven lives up in Michigan. So um, <laughs> I'll be at camps or something. And like the parents will be like, Hey, Alan, I'm like, Matt, but I'm, um, I'm, it's, it's I'm, kind of I'm, funny. I'm Asian, but not all Asians are the same people. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's reiterate that to the pod. So, um, okay. Let's, let's just talk about, um, college football more holistically. So, um, you know, I'd love to understand if you could cover any college football team besides Notre Dame, who would you pick? That's a tough one. I think two come to mind immediately. One would be Ole Miss. You have Lane Kiffin, who's obviously super entertaining. You have the SEC and the Grove. Um, But I think entertainment is 
something that you don't see all the time at Notre Dame, uh, which is a good thing. But I think it would just be kind of unique just covering him for a year just because he's so active on Twitter and his dog has a Twitter. And I, I mean, follow the dog. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but um, it's just a unique just because he's so different than every other coach. So I think it'd just be somewhat refreshing just to see what that's like, obviously get a taste of the SEC and everything like that. And then the second one is Oregon. I think they've carved like their own little niche out there and nobody, like everybody knows about them. Nobody really talks about them. I think they just play an interesting brand of ball. It's a great stadium. Um, And then obviously the Nike ties is something that is interesting just because you never know what they're going to come out wearing. So I think that would kind of be kind of to just get out of the Notre Dame realm of where you see them wear the same thing basically every week. You see 12 different uniforms in 12 games for Oregon. No, and that's even – even that in and of itself could be, you know, an article a week, right? Yeah. So it's about, it's about that type of content. And even with Lane, I, I can't think of another – I'd say another coach who's done a bigger 360 when it comes to, like, image. Like, he was – probably universally just disliked and thought of just kind of as a jerk and not really taken seriously being left on the tarmac at, you know, at UNC to now being, you know, the, you know, almost like the beloved coach in college football. So that would, that would be my, my pick as well, just because of, you know, who doesn't want to get a piece of the lane train right now. Yeah. I mean, Mo Crumb had to go down there and get a piece of it as DC. So um, there's some ties there as well as obviously Charlie Jr. So yeah. um, I think, it, I, I just think he's an entertaining guy. And like you said, he's done a complete 180 on his perception and whatever he's doing or whatever his interns doing on Twitter is <laughs> it's, it's working. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, uh, the video, I, there's like a video, his first uh, press conference when he was at uh, um, with uh, Florida international or not Florida national FAU. F- FAU, the Owls. And I was just, you know, he's come a long way since then. Um, but, but kind of moving along here. So obviously NIL is just a little bit of a little bit of a topic um, these days, but let's say 18 year old Matt Freeman's a five-star QB recruit. What NIL deal are you signing? Hmm. Probably have to go with some type of kimchi, right? Stay on brand. So <laughs> um, I can't think of a kimchi brand off the top of my head, but I think it'd be a unique uh, opportunity. And um, there was actually a minor league baseball team. I think it was like the South Montgomery something. They're normally the biscuits, but they changed their um, mascot to the South Montgomery or whatever kimchi for like a couple games during Asian heritage month. And like they had logos of kimchi with hats and everything. So I think that would be a potential, uh, and I do NIL possibility there's already merch out there. So, and also, also probably the supply of a free kimchi would, would not be, yes. not be bad either. Yes. Just get a shipment every month. It'd be, it'd be great. <laughs> Everybody's getting uh Gatorade shipments. I'd be getting kimchi. So yes. that would work for me. You know, the gift that keeps on giving there. Um, if you could have any unfiltered discussion um, with any, you know, player coach or topic surrounding Notre Dame football, you know, what would that be? Uh, let's see. One would just be any coach just getting their recruiting stories just because there's wild ones that never make it public. But big picture wise for Notre Dame, I think it would probably be with Jack Swarbrick and maybe Michigan's AD on why the series stopped. Um, I think clearly the fans love it and it does well nationally. Um, and I'm sure on your site, the fans talk about Michigan probably five, 10 times more than they do USC. 
<laughs> um, and then you have media members at Notre Dame and Michigan going at each other all the time. So I think it's, it's just unique just because I think a lot of people care about it. They're still compared against each other um, recruiting wise and at the end of the year and they don't play anymore. So obviously it, all this craziness with the big 10 and sec that could be a possibility in the future. But I think there's just been so many stories on why the series stopped It'd be, just be interesting to see what the real story is and who acts actually canceled it and why and why they weren't open to playing it again. So, yeah, hopefully Jack Swarbrick does a tell all, you know, tell all book once he once he retires here, because that would be, you know, that's I think that is a story that everyone wants to get to the bottom of. And I'm sure there's and I'm you know seeing wild theories out there. So it would definitely be something where, you know, getting to the bottom of that would be would be great. Um just to kind of close things out, just a couple more questions here. I think what people don't understand, even myself don't fully grasp is the kind of what your general hours look like being a beat writer simply because it is 24 seven, but I'm really keen to understand what your daily weekly schedule looks like when you're really in the thick of it. It was crazy back in the spring. Cause there was a point where I was covering baseball full-time, basketball full-time, football recruiting, and Notre Dame starts spring ball. So that was not a fun time. But um, typically for me, I wake up at like 5.36 and then either write an article or publish the article that I had written the day before set to go. And then just kind of working the phones all day, whether it's people at Notre Dame, just kind of seeing what's going on or catching up as well as just calling recruits, talking to their recruits' parents. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that never makes it into print where you're just kind of maintaining relationships um, just so that when that time comes, when you do need some scoop or something like that, um, you have that relationship. And I mean, there's been, I'll, I'll throw him under the bus, call it Kareem's dad. <laughs> he kept me on the phone for two hours. Uh, it was over two hours one day, just no info, just shooting the crap, um, just talking about random stuff. And I probably said 200 words and he was just talking <laughs> about college recruitment and stuff like that and what they wanted out of it and how college kind of developed his, um, his game over the last few years and a whole bunch of family stuff. So it was just a really good conversation. I learned a lot and everything like that, but, we had already done the story on that. <laughs> so he was just kind of <laughs> going through it all. And so it's just about a lot of time um, where you just build relationships, maintain relationships and create new relationships, I think. Um, and then obviously you have to pick your time. So right. And it's always a 24 seven job with Notre Dame because there's always something going on. So it could be like baseball. There's a coaching search right now. So um, it, it just never stops. Now, and I think, I think as, you know, as fans and as readers, we obviously appreciate it because it does, you know, it's tough for you all because, you know, it's such a consumption based world right now when it comes to news, when it comes to scoops, when it comes to Twitter, and it just doesn't seem like there's enough information that Notre Dame fans can consume. And so we do appreciate that the work that you and the writers put in, because at the end of the day, your, you know, full-time grind is our, you know, our you know, breaks, our lunch breaks that we're reading, our things before bed that we're reading. And it's just, 
you know, podcasts that we're consuming. So it is, it is something where I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people that we do appreciate the time that goes into it. And hopefully that doesn't get lost uh, on the readers when, you know, they're badgering you, Hey, what's this update on this recruit, this recruit, this recruit. It's like, I just provided an update yesterday. What do you want me to call them again today? So it's just, I just yeah. want to reiterate that. Thanks. No, I appreciate that. It, I, I mean, it's um, a job that I guess is somewhat, I don't want to say easy, but it's, just unique in the fact that we get to cover sports. So it's different than, like I said, the finance job and stuff like that. So, um, but it is challenging at times just because you kind of depend on people to pick up the phone or return texts and not all kids or parents want to do that. So it's, <laughs> it's always a, a battle of who can get who on the phone first or get scoop. So um, that part is it's competitive and that's part of why I like this job uh, just because you are competing against some of the best in the country um, media wise. So um, it's always never a dull moment is what I say. No, and I, I, you know, I see that it's been, you know, it's like watching a reality TV show unfold in front of your eyes, which is, as a huge Bravo guy myself, I appreciate that. Um, and, and just lastly, is there anything that you kind of want to leave, you know, the audience with in general? No, I just want to say thank you for having me on, but also the other members of the beat. Um, we were kind of talking about it before, uh, but I think it's just a unique look into some the people um, that you guys read and other people read and myself read. So um, I think, people form their own opinions on what people are like, but I think it's just a good look at the personality of each person on the beat. Um, just cause we all have obviously different writing styles, but um, I think you are letting personalities shine. And I think that's important just so there there's more of a connection. So I think this has been an awesome series. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, and then finally, again, just leave people where, where can they find you online and on Twitter? Yep. Twitter, Matt Freeman, ISD. And then, um, IS or Irish Sports Daily, our Instagram is Irish Sports Daily, and Twitter is ISD Update. Awesome. Well, again, Matt, I appreciate you coming on and look forward to getting this out in the next week. Yep. I appreciate it, man. All right. You have a great day.